I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, May 9, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So what's on the board today? It's China, China, China. Every time you turn around, everything is about China. The market is hinging on China. China is the new Fed Kabuki Theater, at least for now. A couple of weeks from now or a month from now, it'll be something else. It'll be North Korea. It'll be Iran. It'll be the European banks. It'll be Spain. It'll be Portugal, Italy. Who knows what it'll be? It could be Venezuela. It could be the Mexican border. It could be caravans coming in. It could be migration. It could be geopolitical. It could be anything under the sun. As long as sentiment is negative, all those things matter. When sentiment is positive because the market is rising, and that's the way it does work, not the other way around, when the market is rising, sentiment is positive. When the market is falling, sentiment is negative. That sounds easy to understand on its face, but when you hear that reported on television, they're taking a survey that's not in real time. So when they give you the results of a survey that are two or three days old, for example, and the market just went down or up for two or three days in a row, it's not representative of the sentiment that they're reporting. The only reason I bring this up is you need to understand that these things that I just mentioned, all those things that seem like and really are in real life problems out there, when those problems are perceived as problems, the market is going down. When the market is going up, those problems are just ignored and it's like we're whistling past the graveyard. So I just wanted to set the stage for what we're discussing going forward. So let's take a look at the spider and look what happened today. They never got to my number. So there's two ways to interpret that. 282.50 was the gap. We've seen this before. We've read this book before. How many times have we seen this where they come up short of a gap or spike through something by a lot and then whip it back the other way? So that's part of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. But there's a couple of ways to interpret missing the gap. So my particular price levels that I was interested in, my targets was 282.50 to 280.71. In that neighborhood, those are two gaps. I thought that represented the best opportunity where the market would A, fall into if we fell quickly over the last couple of days. And that's when we started talking about this about three or four days ago. And then from there, that would be, again, the best opportunity for a nice quick rally out of that area. Well, we got everything except reaching into that area. So I've got to go back to the drawing board and sharpen my pencil. But there's a couple of ways to look at this. And it's pretty simple. Way number one is they came up short. That's bullish and they're going higher. And we'll talk about higher in a minute. But let's give the other side. The other side is... That they came up short today, the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew rallies the market away from the target area, and then they hit it again tomorrow or Monday, Tuesday, whatever it is. That's very, very possible. We've also read that book before. 
Which one's it going to be? That's what everybody wants to know. And the reality, folks, is we can flip a coin. We don't know which one it's going to be tomorrow. We don't know which one it's going to be Monday. What we did know is that we were in the zone where the market would be making a turn. That much we knew. We can see that from a longer-term perspective. I can't necessarily tell you where the market's going to be at 11.15 a.m. Friday morning. I would like to know, but I can't necessarily tell you that. Now, let's go back to the north side, and let's talk about China. Let's talk about what's front and center today in the news cycle that is, at present, linked to the obvious expansion and volatility and whippiness in the market. Before I do that, let me take a pause and thank everybody who participates and posts comments underneath the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. Back to business. Let's start here. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will understand and be able to identify something on the chart that should be clear, upfront, and in your face. It is the reason why I kept saying if we come down into that zone within the next couple of days, the market should find support and rally out of that area and how high we don't necessarily need to know right away. All we need to know up front is where the bottom is going to be, which brings me to another point. Before we start talking about the upside, let me start discussing for a second how a trade is handled, for example, on the downside. Let's say a trader was short over the last several days. Now, when a price a target, an objective is on the board. In this case, my objective was really around that 282 number. When that objective or target is on the board, do I have my full position or do I have a part of a position left at final target? And the answer is, and the way a professional trader handles things is, he takes profits along the way, or she takes profits along the way, pardon me, we take profits along the way, and by the time we get to final destination, we have a portion of the position left. 10%, 15%, 20%, probably not more than 25 So we can trade in thirds, we can trade in quarters. People trade any way they want to trade, but at final target, a professional trader has already taken off the majority of the position it becomes a risk-free trade pretty quickly on a trade like this coming down from the May 1 highs. Now, let's flip it around and let's say, remember, we have one of two scenarios is going to happen. We have some tariffs kicking in overnight. At least we have the threat of tariffs kicking in overnight. So that's the next thing up in the news cycle. So if anybody is curious, keep your eye on the futures during the night and you should see some whippy behavior back and forth in the futures during the night based on rumors, based on tariffs, imposing tariffs, not imposing tariffs. Whatever happens is going to happen and the market will do what it's going to do. But let's just say for argument's sake, the market decides to take 
whatever happens with this meeting in China or this meeting with the Chinese representatives here, not in China, but the meeting with the Chinese representatives, let's say the market takes it as a positive. What can happen from here? Well, remember, traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader understand from a time perspective and when time converges with price, and that's what I was looking for here. I was looking for time to converge with price. I had the time on my side and price in the palm of my hand, and it never got to the ultimate price that I was looking for on the downside. But we came pretty close. Where did we get to on the downside? So the low today was 283.30. I was looking for a minimum target of 282.50. So we missed it by that much or 80 cents. Again, keep in mind, they can turn the whole thing around and they can come down lower tomorrow. Now, are we interested to buy 282.50 tomorrow after coming close today? Absolutely not. Not saying it will or won't work. We don't want it because it came too close. I call that sloppy seconds. Even though we never got to the number, came too close. The market rallied far away to the north side from that target area. That changes the game. I'm not interested in that number any longer. If I'm going to take a trade, if we are coming down, I'll take a look at it in real time, make the assessment there. I may be interested in the lower number, the 180.71 or something in that neighborhood. That is possible if we're coming down. Now, if we're going up, how high can we go? Now, remember, that 297 that you see on the left side of your screen is still there because we haven't officially changed the trend yet. The market turned down from May 1st, but the long-term trend, the trend that exists from the December lows, is still there. It's still in an uptrend. Look at the 50-period moving average. We came into it. We spiked through it today. We closed back above it. Do most people want to view that as bullish or bearish? Most technical analysts, I would think, want to view that as bullish behavior. They certainly want to find an excuse to use that as bullish behavior. And I'm here to tell you, any trader that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader was looking for a low based on the time component of what was taught in the course. doesn't have to be a long-term low. doesn't have to be a low for a week or two. just has to be a low. could be a low for hours, could be a low for a few days. It was going to be and should have been a low based on everything that's taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Folks, you absolutely had a setup du jour today. The only miss was not getting into the green zone. What turns the market bullish? Let's prepare. Let's be prepared for Friday. 287.75 in my book is still important. So therefore, closing hourly back above 287.75 hands the ball back to the bulls. And therefore, if we got continued hourly closes above 287.75, we would likely finish out the day and the week on a positive note. Not talking about from a points perspective, I'm talking about from a feeling perspective. Everybody will forget that the market was down for a few days. If everything finishes out positive Friday afternoon, if things are taken positive and we can brush China issues under the rug, we can be on to the next thing. That's the way the market works. 
That's the way the fake news cycle works. That's the way the whole thing works. Camp IWM. Here's something really, really interesting. So you didn't have the same time component in the IWM that you had in the SPY. And that's why we have to look at each market independent of one another. You never know what you're going to find on whatever chart you're looking at. But what I find here is extremely interesting. So let me point it out. A, we spiked through the convergence of those moving averages, which happened to be the 200 and the 50 period moving average, closed back above. At least for now, that has to be viewed as bullish. It's going to be viewed by most technical analysts as a positive development. And here's the other positive development that they have no idea about. You see this breakup candle, the one from the 23rd of April? Look where we were this morning related to where we closed this afternoon. We were well below that, closed back inside or above not only the moving averages, but that breakup candle. So in my book, that's a positive close back below and all bets are off and there's likely lower prices. And by the way, there's lower prices anyway. You have to take this thing one piece at a time. We could go up into the next three or four days. We could go up for one day. You never know what you get each and every day. When the market turns, and we're not just grinding up every day, and when we have an expansion of volatility, we will continue to get, and I remind traders of this every single morning, traders that get inside the numbers every day, in expanded volatility situations like this, they're reminded every day, we will continue to see large swings in both directions. What did we see today? Large swings in both directions. Something else important that I want to point out, and you have to decide for yourself whether you find this kind of stuff useful or not. However, this morning, inside the numbers members, before the market opened, they were informed that the bogey for today was the ES futures contract or S&P E-mini futures contract. The bogey for the day was 28.72. Here's the S&P E-mini or ES contract. There's your horizontal trend line at 28.72. Why is that important? Well, there's your short-term chart. Here's even a five-minute chart, and you can see the importance of 28.72. Once the market found a bottom today and started to rally, was 28.72 overhead resistance? You bet it was. Were we able to sustain above 28.72? No, not really. But guess what? The market closed up there leaving you wondering, or at least leaving me wondering, what's going to happen overnight. It's very interesting. The corresponding levels are obviously given out to Inside the Numbers members in the SPY as well. So the ES and the SPY price targets and price levels are given out as important numbers every single morning long before the market opens. In fact, if you want to know a secret, many times I actually do the work the night before so if markets are moving and traders do trade in the S&P E-mini futures contract the numbers are already there most of the time little tidbit that you didn't know what's doing down at the transportation department well came into the moving averages bounced off of them you see a repeating theme over and over again and we talked about that last night all the markets pretty much trade together it's quote unquote all the same market 
whether we're looking at the transports or the Dow or the NASDAQ, when you have a day that's down big and then it reverses, everything is moving in tandem together side by side like a big wave. Everything moves down, everything moves up, everything moves together. Almost everything. I know there's going to be some wise guy out there that said, well, this market moved in the opposite direction. I get that. But for the most part, everything moves together. The only other thing we have to note about the transports is the canary in the coal mine factor. The transports was the first market to top out. And you'll also notice something interesting today too. How far down did we go as compared to where we were just two trading days ago? Not that much farther down. So it's interesting if the transports are going to continue to be a canary in the coal mine and if they're trying to tell us that the market's not necessarily ready to fall just yet, then they're doing a pretty good job. Keep in mind, like always, a lot of traders bought puts today. A lot of traders got it in the face today. A lot of traders who bought them yesterday and were looking for lower prices got it in the face today. So they didn't necessarily get what they were looking for out of the trade. That's how the market works. That's the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew at work. Keep in mind, when we're in an uptrend, and let's go back to the uh, S&P chart to do this one. So when we're in an uptrend, just keep something in mind. So the market goes up. And then it has a little tiny pullback. This wasn't even a pullback. This was a sneeze for a couple of days. Then we go up again. Another sneeze, and then we go up again. We go sideways, a sneeze. This was more than a sneeze. We caught a cold for a few days or a week or so, and then we went up again. Another sneeze, we go up again. Now here's a cold. Now the question is, do we go up again or do we catch the flu? And here's what I mean. One of these times, we don't go up again. Maybe it's this time, maybe it's not. Today, we stop short. We stop short of my number. Whether that's an ominous sign or it's a bullish sign, we're going to find out likely tomorrow. But one of these times, the buy the dip crowd gets it in the face. We're coming close to one of those times. If not this time, it's likely sometime in the near term. The triple Qs, the top heavy weighted, Silicon Valley Index. Well, same routine. Bounced off the 50-period moving average. It's almost too picture perfect. When you look at all these markets and you see the same thing over and over and over again, it almost looks too good to be true. We'll see what happens on Friday. Remember, back in December and before December, but back in October, November, December, back in here, You had money managers and a lot of people through and through the financial services industry shaking in their boots. Basically, they were shitting their pants because they were seeing bonuses go out the window. Clients are calling in a panic. You know the routine. So this, meaning the last few days, compared to what we went through in the fourth quarter of 2018, this is nothing. Nobody's sneezing yet. Nobody's worried yet. Those guys in the $2,000 suits aren't sweating bullets yet. They will be, but they're not sweating bullets right now. This market has been supported until further notice. Maybe further notice is tomorrow. Maybe it's in a week or two. We'll see, but this just looks too good to be true. Let's take a look down at the financial district. Didn't fill the gap, came up short, reversed. Again, 
if this is what I think it is, it's the market preempting a positive result between the China relations discussions, the trade talks, the tariff deal, whatever you want to call it. That looks like a preempt to a positive outcome. But we know that most people are wrong the majority of the time. So this one's teetering. We close the day right on a teetering number. We'll see. Here's another scenario. We should have talked about this one before, but here's another scenario. They impose the tariffs. The market has a conniption fit overnight. It drops all the way down. Let's make up a number and say it drops down to 2800 on the ES contract, right? 2870 is where the S&P futures contract, 2872, the SPX cash index is at 2870 on close today. Let's just say they spike the futures down to 2800 or even below 2800 by the time everybody shows up to the market at 9:30 a.m. They've already done the damage and recovered. That's possible. That happens. It screws the options traders over. The options trader thinks that the position is going to be a whopper overnight. Goes to sleep thinking he's making a fortune by the time he wakes up in the morning, by the time he shows up, by the time he's able to execute a trade because he has to wait until the market opens. The market's reversed and the option position isn't what he thought it was. How many times has that happened? It happens all the time. That's why people trade futures. It's not the reason, but it is one of the reasons. It's certainly a contributing factor to why certain people are willing to hold futures overnight. I don't love to do it, but other people will hold futures overnight because they want to take advantage of those moves that they can't take advantage of with the options positions. It becomes an individual trader decision. That's all. Back in our lane over at the XLF, look here, we didn't even come down to the moving averages to fill the gap. They will, but we may have to go up for a few days first. Again, it's going to depend on what happens tomorrow. I hate to have everything hinged on one thing, meaning a piece of news that even I hate linking markets to news, but that's where we are today. The market's going to react. After the dust settles, after the smoke clears, we'll get back to a sense of normalcy. As you know, the market's going to do what it's going to do anyway. But over the next 12 to 24 hours, it's certainly going to take its cue off the current events between our chief negotiators. How about a repeat performance? Even when we look over at the SMH, all we see is more of the same. The market came down. It spiked through the 50-period moving average. It fought back and closed back above the 50-period moving average. Looks good on paper. It's going to get a lot of people bullish, saying a bottom is in. We'll see if the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew have different ideas. I think we can see both. I think the market can rally, and I think we can get hit again pretty hard. I think we will get hit again pretty hard. I think the question is, do we rally first or not? I'm going to show you something else I found this morning also. I'm looking, because of China, I'm looking at things all China. So here's a 15-minute of the SPY. It doesn't matter what the time frame is. I just picked it out of a hat. I want to prove a point. So the market gaps down and goes lower, and you can see the market found the bottom at about 11.30, and we went up from there. What happens if I bring up a chart of a China-related stock, like, let's say, 
JD.com. Well, here's JD.com, and you can see the JD.com made a low in the first candle of the day and continued higher all day long. Is that indicative of something relating to China? And yes, that was a trade from the other day. We no longer need that line. But this is why we always have to look at a lot of different charts, a lot of different markets, for a lot of different reasons. It depends on what's going on at the time. Everything is fluid. It's real time. This is live TV. And with that little two cents worth of information, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.